Welcome to The Threat Show, powered by Fletch. I say this every day to all my clients and customers, get yourself a very solid backup policy. Get yourself a data classification, a purging policy. So do some micro-segmentation in your data if you can. And then the last thing is patch and patch. And then if you're out of patches, patch some more. Hi, and welcome to The Threat Show. I'm Darren Kinlan, VP of Technology here at Fletch. And with me each week is my recurring co-host, Chris Wilder, Research Director at Tag Cyber. Welcome back to another week, Chris. Yeah, it's fun week. <laughs> it's the week of ransomware. I know, exactly. So this is a bit of a bye week for us in terms yeah. of guest speakers. And we'll be back next week with Simon Crosby, investor, CTO, and one of the co-founders of Bromium. But for this week, let's check in on the threat landscape and the interesting threats for the week. So as you know, Fletch scours thousands of internet sources for major topics, security issues, vulnerabilities, and threats that appear to be emerging, trending, or mainstream, processing tens to hundreds of thousands of articles a day. If we distill this down further over the past month, we've seen around 220 major topics, which is a noticeable uptick from last week. As we're entering the end of Q1 timeframe, Chris, do you think we'll see any relief over the next month? No, I, you know, certainly we're not going to get a St. Patrick's Day lull or anything like that. But yeah, I, I, I don't think it'll ever go down, to be quite honest. If it does, I'll be very surprised. Yeah, well, we'll see if that prediction holds yeah. true. So yeah, drilling into the details of the 220, we can kind of see that 21 topics are brand new for the week that we initiated coverage. 15 are starting to trend across multiple outlets and 14 have become mainstream news in the past month. We've also dropped coverage on 19 topics that we haven't seen any activity in the past month. Even with all this activity, it seems like security teams are juggling more issues this week compared to last. Does that sound about right, Chris? Yeah, I think the, the glaring number on here is the inactive ones, just because of the fact that we, we track this ourselves as well at TAG, and we, we see these different various vulnerabilities, attacks, all, all the above, cyclical from a time perspective. You know, the biggest one, I think that Suxnet was, what, 13 years ago? We believe that one's coming back. That Not that same that same one, but it, you know, that same attack. But it's just watching what's happening with critical infrastructure and what's going on in the world. And I, largely because I think it's, you know, what's going on in Europe and uh, with the craziness over there. I think there's a lot, a lot more bad actors out there that are pulling, you know, going through the toy box. And uh, this is an oldie but goodie. <laughs> Let's try this one. <laughs> so... Yeah. Well, speaking of that, let's see what toys they're up to this week, right? For this week, we've got a mix of existing recurring issues, some brand new related to zero days with Apple and Firefox. Uh, and then even, you know, a new technique with a up and coming ransomware group, right? So kind of starting us off, we've kind of reported on issues with VMware ESXi, a week or two ago. And at the time, I believe CISA, the Cybersecurity Infrastructure Security Agency, which is a bit of a crazy duplication and naming, but they released a whole boatload of recovery tools, you know, for victims that were first impacted by these ransomware groups because there was a flaw in the original attacks so that you could recover your data. But since then, those attackers have fixed up the flaw. So now, if you haven't patched yet and you're compromised, chances of you recovering your data are slim to null if you don't have a backup strategy. Is this par for the course from your perspective, Chris? 
I mean, we say this every week on the show. I say this every day to all my clients and customers. It's, you know, give get yourself a very solid backup policy. Give yourself, get yourself a data classification, a purging policy. So do some micro-segmentation in your data if you can. And then the last thing is patch and patch. And then if you're out of patches, patch some more. And it's it's so important. And this one is both a very, this is a big marketing issue and a big challenge for VMware. But it's also, this is something that's affecting a ton of enterprise customers right now. Absolutely. We've got at least five different vulnerabilities tied to this particular activity. And who knows if we'll encounter more before it's we get full resolution on this. In terms of other other vulnerabilities making the headlines, we've seen DHS actually issue notifications about a previously fixed vulnerability that Apple just rolled out with their latest updates across the iOS and macOS ecosystems. And they basically said, look, this particular vulnerability that was recently patched is now being actively used and abused by multiple spyware operators. So it didn't take long. It took maybe about a week, maybe less, before this was, was operationalized. So that kind of sets the, the bar as to how much time you know organizations have to kind of roll out these, these rapid release updates. Yeah. Well, you know, a statement from Apple, they said, move along, nothing to see here. <laughs> so no, it's, it's, it's interesting because Apple is, this is something Apple's never had to deal with. Yeah. And, you know, there's, there's kind of the whole, the first thing to getting over your problem is admitting you've got a problem. And that, you know, I think it's something that's new to them. And so, yeah, they're going to, they're going to stumble a little bit, but it's, I think it's good for, good for the firm, good for the, good for the OS and, you know, good for the products. Yeah, I mean, as older hardware gets, you know, yeah. recycled and decommissioned, I think uh, the ones that support the latest version of iOS have rapid release, yeah. which should help here. But, you know, it's going to take some time before that is impacting most organizations. So if you're using Fortinet gear for any sort of net network segmentation, like what you mentioned, Chris, turns out there's not one, not two, but 40 different vulnerabilities that Fortinet has issued patches for across their entire suite of products. Some are pretty serious. In fact, at least one of them has known to cause uh, remote code execution. Uh, so if an attacker w was to go after this device directly on your network, they can fully compromise it and effectively break that segmentation quite easily. It used to be theoretical like a week or two ago, but since then, <laughs> we've now seen a proof of concept built and made public. And literally like 24 hours later, it's now been weaponized. So we're seeing evidence of active scanning for this particular vulnerability across the internet. Crazy times. To be honest, I still think segmentation is the right way to go. Interesting that they're going to great lengths to kind of break that segmentation. One of the, one of the big you know, big areas of interest that's coming up for us is more on the data side, but it's it's kind of more you know how do you do data fragmentation? And so now we're getting to the point we're adding adding to the micro segmentation by deploying shard services or be, you know deploying cloud data fragmentation services. So you distribute all the data across you know across your organi organization or into the cloud or wherever. And then when when it comes time you need it, you can pull it all back into pieces it back together. And I think sharding is a really 
interesting way to to go about that. It's a horrible name, but it's a great concept. This is one of those things that I think could will carry into other areas, you know, in micro segmentation especially. Yeah. And, you know, it kind of puts into light some questions about, hey, what's an alternative way? Obviously, patching is the number one way to solve this yeah, problem. But, it's a- you know, maybe having multiple vendors that you could swap in and out when there yeah. are issues like this could be a viable strategy for some firms, potentially. Yeah. You know, Fortinet's really never had to deal with this in the past. It's just kind of like Apple. It's all relatively new to them. But they're, right. they're, I mean, they're, they're being very responsive. They're getting what they need done and putting a lot of investment into it. And spoke to them this week about not this in particular, but kind of their direction or where they're going from a strategy perspective. And it's very much their eyes wide open on what, what they see as the threats coming. Yeah, absolutely. So next on our list is actually a slew of high severity vulnerabilities within micro, within <laughs> Firefox's <laughs> ecosystem. Yeah, it's not Chrome. Freudian, <laughs> Freudian slip there, right? Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, so not surprising. I think the one takeaway from these sets of vulns is that it empowers attackers to easily fake trusted websites. So yeah. if you're a Firefox shop and an attacker wants to steal sensitive data, sensitive credentials from your employees, they can ship weaponized links to those users open them up in Firefox, and it will look and feel like they're accessing a standard trusted website, plug in their credentials, and now suddenly the attackers have keys to the kingdom. It's a pretty serious set of vulnerabilities. Definitely recommend patching this pretty quickly, but it definitely facilitates spoofing and social engineering easily for these for these sets of victims. This one's kind of surprising to me just because, you know, Firefox typically auto patches and it, you know, it really does focus a lot on maybe you know, they're as close to a secure browser without being a secure browser as you can be. It does a really good job of defending against a lot of bad actors. And I'm a little bit surprised by this one. You know, certainly not, you know, if you were to say, well, this is Google, you know, this is a Chromium based vulnerability, I'd say, okay, I, yeah, I could see that. But <laughs> this is a little bit surprising. I haven't seen too many Firefox browser vulnerabilities in the past. So yeah. Go figure. And last on our list is actually a ransomware group that some people kind of think are some sort of offshoot from Lockbit because of the name, but it's not. It's a separate group. Went after the, I don't know, the bit naming convention. Um, Hardbit has been around since October of 2022, last year. And they operate just like any other ransomware group, except for one thing. (laughs) When they compromise victims, they want to know the details of your cybersecurity insurance policy so that they can set the perfect price for their ransom. Interesting. <laughs> One of the things trends we're seeing, you know, we talked about this earlier, Darian, is that a lot of companies just said, I'm not paying it. You can pound sand. It used to be, you know, the questions I would get, oh my God, do I pay it? Oh, what's what's a crypto wallet? And then number three is how do I do that? Now they're, you know, that now these guys are setting up concierge services and this really is, this is really becoming a negotiation tool. And so this is, this is an area where, you know, companies are just saying, no, I don't, I'm not going to be a victim of your terrorism. And it's, this is why they have, you know, these guys run a business as well. So I, I see that that's, that's one thing. And I'm also seeing from the vendor side, we're getting better about, there's a couple of companies we've run into over the past several months that are actually putting little lots of lots of cryptocurrency within their within their networks, so they're kind of honeypotting them. 
So the bad actors basically just assuages it from continuing their attack and, you know, say, oh, here's, you know, 500, you know, 500 bucks, just go away. And it's different, you know, various degrees of success, I guess, whatever industry you're in. But mm -hmm. it, it does a short reward for a long term, you know, just go away. But, you know, like I said, people just start paying it. And and so they're going to they're going to go to these factors. But, yeah. Cybersecurity insurance is, you know, it's a very confidential thing, and you can you can get in a lot of trouble if you start sending the, the your policy over to the bad guys. Yeah, well, that's that's um, the interesting aspect to yeah. it, right? Some of these policies basically have writers saying that if you're a victim and you disclose details of the policy to an attacker, and suddenly the policy gets null and void, yeah. which is fascinating, right? You know, if you get into a car accident, right, and you're exchanging insurance, you it's not like you can avoid sharing your insurance information with the other party. But apparently, in this case, this is quite the norm because of the way ransomware negotiations typically happen. I guess it makes sense, but there's some weird side effects to this. There's some weird human factors, right? Like, could attackers start using policy information to determine targeting? Could they rather than making their presence known in your network right away, could they go after your legal department, you know, kind of rifle through the files within the legal department, figure out what your, the policy details are, and then announce themselves because they know the policy details. It's crazy. I mean, like the story writes itself, right? Well, yeah, it's like, uh, you know, inviting a robber in to come take inventory of your house. You know, it's promise I won't come back. But yeah, it, it's I think they're just being innovative. And you got to kind of admire the cojones on these guys. But you also have to kind of scratch your head saying, OK, where are we going with all of this? And what's going to be the end game for for the ransomware world? Because there's only so much you can do. But but it is still very concerning because the amount of critical infrastructure attacks, especially the ransomware attacks, have gone up so much just because of how Colonial Pipeline screwed up was a JBA did the same thing. And so getting a lot of a lot more actors that are getting much more targeted and much better at uh, going after very specific targets and understanding how to exploit them. And I think it's even going to get worse. I've done three webinars this week and I told everybody, I said, I'm not going to mention ChatGPT, but I'm mentioning ChatGPT. I think that what's happening is, you know, these people are going to use them in spear phishing campaigns and they're going to be able to build better phishing campaigns based on using AI and you know what they can what they can come up with. So it's it's a world of wonder right now, Darian. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I kind of wonder like if a cybersecurity insurance company might be like, okay, here's your real policy. And then if the attackers ask, here's the fake policy with the lower rate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like a cat and mouse game, right? Yeah. I mean three bucks is all I got, man. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's kind of like panhandlers when you're when they're out there. It's, I don't have any change, man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, it's crazier than fiction, honestly. Well, that kind of wraps up our our list of the threats for this week. It's certainly been a crazy week. Who knows what next week's going to be like? But yeah, stay tuned for our next show when our special guest will be Simon Crosby, investor, CTO, and one of the co-founders of Bromium should be for an interesting week. Thanks again for joining us. Thanks, everybody. Thank you for tuning into The Threat Show. If you enjoyed the show, subscribe to us on YouTube, give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, and interact with us on Twitter at The Threat Show. Also, 
Be sure to subscribe to Fletch's interactive newsletter and Trending Threats app to go deeper into the stories we discuss and the Threat Index. Be sure to stay tuned to stay ahead of threats.